Good morning, 7 a.m. It's weird doing a live show because you never know if your guest is going to show up or not. Can you guys hear me okay? Logan, good morning. Message retracted already. What happens when you retract a message? You write it and then you're like, ah, I probably shouldn't have said that. I wonder what you said. Can you guys hear me? Oh, I heard something. I heard something. I can't hear myself in my headphones. I don't know why. Can someone type in if you can hear me? Oh, here comes the guest. There he is. I wonder if he can hear me. I can hear you. Holy shit. That means my volume's too loud. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Can I ask what state you're in? Bill Dawes. Bill Dawes. Why? What did I call you? Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. Oh. oh. You just said say your name. Oh. Uh, did I? <laughs> hey, I, well, I don't know what's going on. What time is it? 7 a.m. What the fuck are you doing up? I know. This is crazy. Why Why would you accept this? Why would you accept this? It, it was so crazy. I was like, you know what? I might as well do it because this is no one's ever asked me to do anything at 7 a.m. that didn't pay a lot of money. So. <laughs> so you thought you'd since the world's upside down, you flipped the script. Okay, I'll get up yeah. at seven, do something for free. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, are you are you an early riser? Not at all. God damn, I'm tripping. Yes. I'm tripping. I'm not an early riser. You want to just jump in heavy or you want to like start like slow? Whatever you want. I don't, I don't care. What the fuck is going on with the world? <laughs> is that supply chain shit real? Or are they just trying to get me to go to Costco and buy more toilet paper? What is going on? Yeah, what's the story with the supply chain? They're just saying that it's broken down because people in South Vietnam, their fingers are bleeding in China because of what's happening. I don't know, but I'm trying to do a podcast and get ready and rehearse it. And I'm taking my last minute pee and I should be thinking about funny shit I want to say to you. And instead I'm like, fuck, should I get on Amazon and buy more toilet paper or like order? Should I go to Costco and get like 6,000 cases of garbanzo beans so I can feed my kids? Like what is going on? Are we back to being worried about if toilet paper is going to go extinct? <sighs> I don't know. Worried about? I don't know. But it's cool having my own show because then it's like. Yeah. I can. Just, what's going on back there? Are you moving? I want to set up a, a, a screen so you know, it's not too distracting, but hold on. <laughs> I, like, I like it. We're three minutes into the show, and he's making adjustments to not be more distracted. Wow, that that's like looks like Louis Vuitton back there. Look at that pattern on your screen. The black. Look up high. Do you see that? Yeah. Get the, was, that, was that like $122,000 that uh, – there you go. Much less distracting, right? Totally. What are you hiding back there? Your Just girlfriend from last night? A couple of prostitutes that, that didn't make it through the night. You're, you're, uh, so in my um, Instagram uh, profile, I write down that I'm a um, comedian. And I hope you don't take offense to that because I'm really not a comedian, but I just want to be. I'm just like, faking it till i make it you know what i mean well there are different styles of comedians you don't have to be a stand-up comedian to be a comedian you can be a comedian you know you can be a, an actor comedian a sketch comedian you can comedian at cocktail parties you can make pratfalls uh, on the street for fun wait what kind of calls pratfalls what are those pratfall are you, where are you from originally i'm born and raised in the bay area i was born in oakland ever heard of the phrase pratfalls no the sir 
No, sir. Good Lord. They don't Pra- even, in Northern California, they, don't even, they didn't even know what Jewish people were or Armenian people. We're a different breed up here. So you're a Jewish Armenian? I'm Armenian. My kids are Jewish Armenian. That's, oh, okay. cool. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, I like pretty, it. I'm pretty proud of that. It's like better uh, than the pit bull. It's like an amazing yeah. breed. You, you, got, you got two branches of uh, victimization that you can claim if everyone gives you shit. And I was raised to be the president of the Victocracy, but like you, I, something happened and I and I woke up. It's weird. Ah, when did when did you wake up? I guess that's what we're talking about. <sighs> Wait, finish Pratt calls and then we'll circle back. A Pratt fall, a Pratt, Pratt fall. fall, Pratt fall is like when you like comedically fall, like Jerry Lewis and all of his movies. You like you you trip to make a girl laugh at a party or whatever. It's like an old like, Dick Van Dyke, you know. Yeah, couch type of thing. That's a pratfall. How so, old are you? I'm older than I look. Um, 40, 41. 42. Wow. Damn. I'm 49. I, I, I was obsessed as a kid. Um, remember when we were kids and there were Saturday morning cartoons and there were oh, like yeah. five stations or three stations? And uh, after all the cartoons were over, they would play old Abbott and Costello reruns. And yeah. I was obsessed. Yes. Obsessed. Yeah. And I'm going to make my kids watch all of those. I just bought the box set of DVDs on Amazon. I'm going to put it on in the DVD player in the van and just make it. Oh, really? Yeah. Kids are going to like it because I got to say, things moved a lot slower back then. As much as like all the golden age of cinema, you watch some old movies now. You watch Blazing Saddles now, classic Blazing Saddles. You're going to be bored out of your mind. That movie is slow and boring and stupid. And the jokes are dated. It doesn't hold up. Like most comedies don't really hold up anymore. That's true. and a lot of even drama, a lot of it's really slow. Like there are movies, if you watch a movie from the 70s, which is supposed to be this like amazing decade in cinema, there if it takes place, if the movie takes place in Venice, Italy, there'll be like 10 shots of just Venice. Because at the time, there was the idea that Mark Twain coined the armchair traveler, where you know, you get to like see these different cities. So they would spend so much time doing almost like a what's it called? Like a travelogue about the city. But now people don't want to see that shit. If you want to see Venice, you can go look at a promo video. But movies back in the day, if it's another place, they would just have like 15 minutes of just like, look how pretty Venice is and look at this architecture. And Or if a band was playing in a scene, the band would play like the whole song. Porn has taken the same route. What is? Porn has taken the same route. Oh, it's more like. Yeah, I mean, like in the in the 70s, there was like, a, like you know, you get the, you, you steal your friend's stepdad's VHS tape of Behind the Green Door, and there's like a story, and you and your friends yeah. sit around and watch it. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, can I find that one scene that I can ejaculate to and get on with my day? Which I appreciate, honestly. I don't want... <laughs> Just the ex- it being all expedited? <laughs> yeah, I don't need... I, I don't... I never understood the idea of set up in porn. What am I... For the emotional catharsis? I'm shot? Like, what's that? A, I never understood that. For those of you who don't know who Bill Dawes is, he is truly extraordinary. I didn't I'm going to be honest with you. I just wanted to talk to comedians. I just I just wanted to milk him to get more Instagram followers and to broaden my ability as like with that. <laughs> as whatever the fuck I'm doing. And um what what a remarkable journey. He is a true um thespian. He has uh, but but more than that, what are they called? They're called renaissance men. He is uh, yep. is, is, it, is it true are you really um a brown belt in jiu-jitsu? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Kundalini yoga, you really taught that? I taught that for seven years, yeah. yeah. And that was to get chicks, for sure. Well, I definitely, 
I definitely started doing yoga. I mean, look, no man starts yoga not to get laid, whether it's with other men or other women. But usually it's to get laid with other women because, like, you know, you take your first yoga class and you see the, the Lululemon yoga butts. Right. And you're in the back and everyone's doing downward dog. You're like, really? I get to watch this for free? Right. Oh, wait, it's not for free. But, like, um, so I think that is just natural. So don't paint me out like some sort of pig, like a predator, but it's just natural. Like these beautiful women in yoga class mostly. And, and then, so I got, that's how I got into yoga, but to teach it. Did you ever actually have a girlfriend take you into it? Um, I'm trying to think of how, how I. You remember your first yoga class? And it was probably some girl brought me. I don't I remember the first one. It was, it was when I was in, um, it was when I was in grad school at, in New York. Oh, more more crazy shit about you. I know. And you're smart as shit, too. Uh, maybe I used to be, but the marijuana and all the drinking. No, you don't smoke that much marijuana. I don't really. Okay. I don't think so. Do you? I, I smoke sometimes every day, all the time. So No, I don't smoke every day, but I smoke probably like um, three, four times a week. Wow, you don't have that um, dry, crusty skin... Uh, slurred speech kind of like burnout of, of my friends who like didn't who uh -oh. started smoking in college and still smoke into their 40s well maybe you're too young maybe it's too early in your 40s maybe like I, I'll, talk, I, I'll talk to you in a year and you'll be all fucked up no i didn't really start until i was like mid-20s but even then i didn't really start mid-20s i didn't really start because of a bit of a nerd until it became legal in california and then i was like Hey, it's legal. I guess it's fine for me. So yeah. I speed when it was legal. Um, that and, is nerdy. <laughs> but I, I, I discovered, I discovered, I'm not like a wake and bake. I think the, the friends who do that are the wake and bake. I, I don't like waking up and smoking. And that makes me feel really fucked up. I like, and I can curse on this, I'm assuming. But to go to sleep, because I'm a product of like an Eisenhower Republican dad and everything that was like government approved and FDA approved is what you did. So if you need sleep, you would take Ambien. If you're in pain, you take opioids. Like it's all like what can be, if a doctor prescribes it, it's good, right? It's moral. It's legally fine. It's moral. Same thing. That's how like you, when you're the product of an Eisenhower Republican dad, that's how you feel. So I would take I would take Adderall sometimes in the morning, Ambien, go to bed. I was in this cycle, which is fucked up. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. And a lot of people are, are like that. And kids are like that even at a young age. Uh, so I, I, I've always tried to see what the healthier route is, what the alternative route is. So when weed came about in my life, it replaced Ambien, which was a semi-addiction for me, you know, um, and it's obviously a much better thing to do than, than any prescription drug. I mean, I think all prescription drugs are, are little pieces of Satan in a capsule. So uh, crazy, cra you have crazy discipline too. Do um, I? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by looking at your body. Oh, you, you can't see my stomach. It's a, it's a mess. No, you, you have an, you have an incredible physique. If you guys want, seriously, you should look, go to BillDawes.com. There's two videos you should absolutely see before you should see his i don't know what it's called it's what he sends to people to get jobs it's a remarkable reel and then you should also watch his 2020 performance in las vegas at the laugh comedy club La it's like it's at the where the laugh factory yeah the laugh factory and you should watch that and you should sit down and watch that and stream that onto your big big ass tv like i did and watch it with your wife because you will fucking laugh your ass off 2020 no 
Well, that's when it's published. That's when it's published. Was I wearing a, a, a blazer in that? You're wearing pants that are so tight that like I keep looking down at your crotch to see if I can see your dick through them, and I and I'm pretty sure I'm straight. Um, and but you can see like your physique and shit. You're all you're all buff. I get I gained the quarantine. I gained the COVID nineteen. Don't do it. I gained the COVID nineteen. I did. I did. You know, it's actually forty percent of the public has gained twenty nine pounds or more. That's why I'm wearing a girdle right now. Holy shit! What are you wearing? Wearing little 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 spanks, little skims. Yeah. I'm going to wear it until I get under 200. I got up to 223. Are you fucking kidding me? How tall are you? Six feet. So that's fat. Yeah, and then, that's not good. It's not in your face. You still got the square jaw and shit. Uh, but but I'm well. I'm down to like two, two oh five now. But last night I ate an entire blueberry pie. So there we go. I can't, can I make? I had a show. I booked. A, I booked a, a part of a Netflix series. I had a good show. I came home. And I just ate a blueberry pie with like literally an entire can of ready whip whipped cream uh, to celebrate. And then I became depressed. Um, wait, what did you book? Tell me about your Netflix thing. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Oh, okay. You guys got to rewind that if you want to hear and, something. I'm not being, I'm not being one of those like, mm, I can't talk about it yet. I've literally. Yes, you are. I've lost, no, I've lost, I've literally lost jobs and almost lost jobs because I, I announced that I was doing this job. It, one of them was even like a, a, a theater show. It was a Broadway show. It was like, who gives a shit? But I said, hey, I'm doing this Broadway show. And I put it on Facebook because, you know, we, we all need validation as actors. And we're all fucking insecure. And if people don't know that we're up to stuff, we feel like we want to kill ourselves. So I post on Facebook. And my agent's like, you're about to lose your job. You have to, you have to, and I had to like apologize and all this shit. Do you like your agent? Well, he fired me since then. Oh, shit. Do you have a new one? I have a new guy. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. He's, um. You know, I, I wanted to go with him because I just lost my agency. And I ever since I got out of grad school, I've had an agent. I've never not had an agent. Usually I have an agent and a manager. I did, a you, did you lose your agent? I'm going to say this in all seriousness. I know it's going to sound like I'm joking. Did you lose your agency because they were culling the herd of whiteies? No, because it was pre it was pre pandemic. Pre pre cancel cancel time. Pre BLM, pre pandemic, pre all okay. that. Okay. Uh, I had Tyler Fisher on here. Do you know who that is? Sounds familiar. He's, he's exploded on Instagram recently. He does a lot of skits. He got big because Charlie Kirk was reposting some of his stuff. He does a lot of funny, like vaccine skits, like uh -huh. covered in band-aids. And he's like, take one more booster and just all that shit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and he basically was telling me just all the jobs that they just outright told him and his agent dumped him. He said, Hey, now's not the time for white guys. We're done with you. I was like, wow, that's pretty blunt. Well, if his agent's manager said now's not the time for white guys, either that's the excuse they're making or my boy is like, because. Ouch. <laughs> they don't want to just tell you you suck. That's retarded. Yeah, because let me tell you. Well, maybe he does. Truth is, also, it sounds like he's pretty, like, pretty far right. If Charlie. Uh, he was super left. He was, this, th that's what's amazing about him. I mean, like he was, this kid was super duper duper left. And, you know, and, and then finally you just see, they just throw one too many Jews in the oven. And you're like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be a Nazi anymore. You're like, hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you have your, you have your threshold. Like I was a lefty to, to the max. And then, and then like, you see just one too many like rocks go through windows. You're like, eh, I don't think this is the party of tolerance. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things where. When, when the Republicans were the ones who were, everything was like, <laughs> liberals like, 
guys, fucking calm down, relax. We're like, love, empathy, compassion, da 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 da. Everyone needs to chill. And now that liberals are like, Republicans are like, well, they're not like love, empathy, compassion, but they're also like, stop. I I, I feel like Republicans are kind of are weird. They're kind. You always thought that liberals were pussies and the Republicans were the tough guys, but now that like I'm like kind of just floating in the ether, I'm yeah. realizing that. Republicans are kind of stupid in this sense. They think they're going to talk logic into liberals. There's like no talking logic into them. And yet while their shit's burning and their fucking kids are being forced to take injections, they're like, wait a second here. Can I show you this study out of Israel? And, and the, while the world's like just falling apart around, it's like, no, dude, now's the time to like. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing because, you it's know. It's so bizarre. I, um, like my dad, I, this is one of my jokes. I say my dad's a Republican a hardcore Trump supporter. My brother's a cop. And my, my mom's name is Karen. Is your brother really a cop? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to write that down. Okay. Uh, well, your mom's name is Karen? Yeah, which is the honky hat trick. So um, that, that's like a weird place. But like, I love my family. And I have two older brothers who are both brilliant, way smarter than me. And one of them is one of the foremost scholars in um, in human rights language as a professor. And the other one is... A, Can I get him on my show? Will you send me his Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Great. On Instagram, he he's he's brilliant. He but anyway, they they are. Di- I I mean, they could be more diametrically opposed. The cop brother and the professor brother. They're both brilliant. The cop is also an, an MD. So you know, he 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 was saving lives, and then he realized how much he hated people, so he became a cop. Um, no, he just he just kind of wanted to. He had a, a level of uh, disgust at the medical system and the and the fraud that. You know, there's a triangle of fraud. There's doctors who are fraudulent, the insurance companies, and their people. And um, it just really disheartened him. And I think being a cop was something he'd always wanted to do as a kid. So the point is, they are completely diametrically opposed. And I feel like I'm in the middle. I think I'll always lean left because I'll never be anything. I'll, it, look, as much as like I love babies, and I love, uh, and I think that life is, I don't know if life is precious. I feel like life is like a party, not like a great party. It's just a party you go to. Like, who showed up? Uh, you know, this person didn't show up. Oh, they left. It's like, who gives a shit? Who dies? Who? Li- I don't care. But the point is, um, I could never be pro-life. I just think that's a really antiquated notion about how to address the world and address women. It just doesn't strike me as anything other than misogyny. As much, even if you say, "Oh, it's killing a baby," it's like, okay. It's killing a baby. So what? The baby is a baby. Are you telling me the baby's in purgatory? Going, hmm, darn it! I don't get to live. Like, who cares? The baby doesn't exist anymore. It's not a big deal. I just would, could never be pro-life. I could never be anti-gay marriage. I could never be anti-weed. So there's certain like tent poles of, or uh, what, what are we call like benchmarks of the Republican Party that I just find so antiquated and fucking outdated. That are Republicans against gay marriage? I think there are some they're still trying to like hold on to this. Well, traditional marriage means a man and a woman. There's still like that weird faction of Republicans that, right? Like some some podcasts I listen to, um, and I try to like cover a large swath of podcasts. Like the what, what's the word you swath? Is that like related to swath? Swath, like a large. Oh, okay, swath. Yes, yes. Um, like Pod Save America, and then maybe like Ben Shapiro or. Um, you know, Ben Shapiro is one of these guys. He seems like he 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 loves his family and he has a sense of humor. He's kind of a nerd, but he won't he won't go to his friends. And he seems gay as shit. Like whenever people are like, like every time I hear he's and I like him, but I always try to like I troll his account and like anytime he says something about being straight or married, I'm like, dude, stop, yeah, stop. But, 
So whenever I hear about them going on with their pro-life or Ben Shapiro won't go to, even though he has gay friends, he won't go to their weddings because he can't celebrate the, a gay wedding because he's an Orthodox Jew. That's just as dumb to me. So a lot of the sort of benchmarks of being Republican are just completely fucking stupid. And yeah. I can't get it. However, <laughs> on the flip side, I've been really let down by like all of liberal ideology for the most part. I just find it completely hypocritical and I don't know what to do. And I've, obviously Biden's shown himself to be kind of a train wreck, which is a shame. In in high school, I started having my suspicions about liberals when the anti-smoking thing was became so strong. I, I was born in in Oakland. I was raised in Berkeley, California. Yeah, and and it was like the the lack of tolerance and kind of like the it, it was very Nazi esque. I kind of I remember in high school drawing the circle and being so liberal that you kind of spin around and be the opposite of liberal. Yeah. It's like nuts. I was like, holy shit, this is this is this is something to watch. Like yeah, this type well, of behavior against something. As as history has played out, any any attempt at true socialism, true communist socialist societies, uh, it becomes an, an uh, autocracy, an authoritarian, you know, regime. It just does. You the human human beings. I love the idea of of like what the far left espouses and what they believe in, and they believe in the inherent goodness of human beings. And I kind of believe that too. Me but too. The, I kind of believe that too. By the way, but there's just enough. There's just enough of them to fuck up the idea of any utopia. So they have this utopic view of the world that they can create, but the human race isn't, isn't involved enough to handle it yet. I mean, the tree of power, I, the, tree, the, 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 the tree of knowledge and the ring of power are just too, too seductive. And the minute we bite the apple or put of the ring, we're fucked. So you take any liberal with the best of intentions, if you give them all that power, they're going to become maniacs. Well said. Uh, Br- Brandon, Brandon Waddle says this guy's a, a, a walking, talking contradiction. He's against the extremes one way while being extreme the opposite way. I don't see that. I want to address that in a second. He also right. says, does he have a child? I wonder if, did you know we're live? I guess so. Yeah, we're <laughs> live. We're live on my YouTube channel. YouTube channel. God damn it. I'm fucking 49. Does he have a child? Wonder if he would feel, when I say I have a YouTube channel, I feel like it's like acknowledging that like I still have a pacifier and diapers. It just seems so juvenile. Does he have a child? Wonder if he would feel the same about death of his own child. No, of course he he doesn't have a child and of course things would be different. But let me tell you why Bill Dawes is so incredible. And maybe it's just, I'm just stroking myself. He's willing to go anywhere, man. He's willing to go anywhere. He'll, it, like you, it's not that he's a walking contradiction. Most people aren't willing to go certain places in their mind, and Bill's willing to go. Like he's just, he, he's exploring right in front of us. Like we're seeing the exploration right in front of us. It's not that he's a walking contradiction. It's that he's but exploring it. All aren't we all walking? That's what we are. We are walking contradictions. We're all of us. Either you're a contradiction or a hypocrite. Pick your path. Well, that tension is what makes us real, kind of right. Yeah. It's 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 like our dichotomy is what makes that tension is what makes our story real weren't a, a walking contradiction we'd be literally like a robot we'd be a cyborg just going eh, i do this everything everything that we do everything that you do in your life sir whoever you are that just made that fucking comment are you at a hundred percent integrity with everything you do do you believe everything one way all, all the way that you only follow that so if he's pro-life which it sounds like he is like f- i don't care you could be pro-life but if you're out there passing legislation that bans abortion at six weeks. They did like Governor Dipshit Abbott in the, in Texas. That's just that's just silly. I mean, abortion is not a great thing. I don't think we should jump up and join and high five each other about it. But is it is a necessary evil? Like a lot of things exist in the world to to move forward as a society. It's a necessary evil. I want to propose three things to you. Sorry, I know you're the guest. 
Juan, I want to have someone on here that that's like really, really, really fucking smart who like knows how to think. So I propose this idea to you. If I tell you, should you have ice cream today or not? And then not only do I ask you that question, I tell you the criteria is whether it's hot, hot over 80 degrees or under 80 degrees in the town you're in. And that's how you decide whether you should eat ice cream or not. So not only have I proposed the idea to you of when to eat ice cream, but I'm telling you how to think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the abortion thing is like that. I feel like we're being told how to think. So I've been pro-choice my whole life. And the other day, one of my friends said to me, hey, um, I'm, I'm not pro-choice anymore. And I said, oh, what happened? He goes, I'm, I'm pro-life now. I go, oh, what was the distinction? He said, I realized that a woman has right over her own body up until the point where she takes the dick. If she takes the dick, that's like she could say no to the dick. You're, you're not buying it. But anyway, bear with me here. Bear with me here. When she takes the dick, she foregoes that um, – that 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 right right kind of like if you get in a car you forgo the right to not wear a seatbelt now you're obliged to the law of putting on the seatbelt I don't know if that's a good metaphor or not or yeah. simile but bear with me and I was like okay but I liked his thinking I liked his thinking and I also don't have a problem with both sides because they're both so noble the reason why we don't want women being told what to do with their bodies is because we don't it's a slippery slope that's why you can't get rid of hate speech you have to have hate speech. Because you can't stop any speech. Anytime there's a debate about free speech, you should bring a gun and shoot the other person. That's the <laughs> only debate you bring a gun to. Because there has to be free speech. And it's a slippery slope because who's to say what today is hate isn't tomorrow's love? And you just ha- – you can't do it. And But then on the other hand – so like you can't put rules on people's bodies because it's a slippery slope. But on the other hand, the other people are kind of noble too because they're trying to prevent deaths of babies. And like for the two – no? Tell me. Tell me. But, but but is this the only way to think about it was my main point. Like maybe we're thinking about it all wrong. Maybe they're well, telling us like this is the debate and that's not really the debate. Well, yes, I, I actually do believe I do believe that abortion is the killing of babies. I do believe that. See, see, Brandon, do you see what I'm saying? This is what's why it's remarkable. This is what's called honesty, Brandon Waddle. This is and I'm not attacking you, Brandon, but I want to say that's the that's the genius of um of Bill Dawes. He's just but, being honest. He doesn't have to. That's probably what it is. But at the same time, because I've seen sonograms, I've been there for a time. I know what that's about. But at the same time, so what? Oh, so the baby doesn't get to experience life. The baby doesn't get to experience this shithole, this cesspool of fucking awfulness that is life. So the baby gets does what? So where is the baby now? It ceases to exist. Is that so bad to cease to exist? It ceases to exist such an awful thing, such a torment to this baby. Is it, Are you worried about the five seconds of pain that the baby has before the baby dies where they're barely cognizant? Is that the real issue? Like, what is the issue? The, the five seconds of pain or the idea that the baby ceases to exist? Because if it's about the baby ceasing to exist, who gives a fuck? What, what do you believe in? What is the world to you? Either we're stardust that comes down to earth and exists, or we have souls that uh, cycle through the universe. Or we're just nothing. So at what point does that argument actually work to be pro-life that the baby is being robbed of anything? It's being robbed of a shitty, miserable existence. We have to shit and poo and get sick and have colds and get cheated on and get dumped. Oh, Bill, don't. Don't. Like, fuck it. This is good. This is fun, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. So the point is this. But but you didn't want to be aborted, did you? Like, aren't you glad you're here? I don't know. Who knows? I wasn't here. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's my whole point. Oh, man. essential essence of we're talking about consciousness right so if my consciousness ceases to be like we're all gonna die yes and it'll, be, it'll be a light-term abortion when we die ultimately and we wow wow are you gonna be mad when you're dead you don't know because you don't know what's gonna happen so i just don't buy the whole i care about the life of the baby first of all shut you know you're right. convinced 
yourself that you you care about every life of every baby? Really? Is that what you're doing? Is that you care about? Is that really Republicans care so much about the life of babies? Is that and what really? about and what about what about this? What about the fact that like, hey, if you don't want to do abortions, then don't do them. Exactly. Exactly. So you want to pose your ideology on some. I mean, that's that's why I never get the Republican mentality, because they're so much they're basically libertarian at this point. And then if you tell them, hey, well, then leave women alone. They're like, what? It's a baby. It's like, shut the fuck up. The bottom line is this. If if men could get abortions, if men got pregnant, abortions, this is how you know it's sexism and misogyny in a nutshell, because if men could get abortions, they would get it all the time they'd have nicknames for it they call it like oh i'm getting a bobo there'd be wait what do you mean why is that why is that because the men you met men right you know men if men could get abortions men would be aborting the there'd be rap songs like yo i'll get an abortion (laughs) 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 doctor was sucking a baby out of my dick it'd be so mainstream there'd be no taboo men would get all the fucking time god i hope that's not true what if men could get pregnant, get out of here. You think you think if men could get pregnant, they'd be passing anti-abortion laws? Forget about it. I always think that I can go anywhere in my head, but fuck, I can't even imagine being pregnant. Do you have any kids? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. How many? 14. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no. you're not kidding about being a brown belt. No, no. But you do have a kid. Yeah. Um, and you did teach kundalini yoga. Yep. And you claim this, and I, and I, and I, this, this is the only kind of like, this is the only poser thing I've seen about you so far. Um, <laughs> you say you're a professional breakdancer, and this, the two things just don't seem to go together. What would make convince me that you were a professional? Well, I get, I guess this this way. Look, when I was uh, in, uh, I, I came up in all like black neighborhoods and black schools, and um, I started a breakdance crew. Well, me and my friends started basically in like uh Okay, you're a professional breakdancer. Okay. You have no poser in you. You said black schools. Then we then we'd enter uh, competitions and sometimes we'd win. So we'd made money. So Did you have your own piece of linoleum? Oh well the, the cardboard that you spent and then I think you ordered something that you get not online because you had to like order up from ma- not online magazine, yes. <laughs> and then um and then we had competitions, we'd enter competitions and sometimes we'd win like a hundred So but then after that when I was in uh at Princeton for college, I became a go-go dancer as like part of my way to make like money. I would I would be a go-go dancer at um in Washington D.C. where I was from outside uh, Washington D.C. So I'd come home on the weekends, be a go-go dancer, and then go back to Princeton. Um, and it wasn't like go-go dancer like Magic Mike. I wasn't part of a crew, but I did like dance shirtless, lightly oiled. <laughs> did your dick come out? No, 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 nothing like that. Um. But like at the time, it was like um, you know, late nineties. It was like it was like a uh, or late nineties. It was like baggy jeans and like no shirt and like a baseball cap, and you dance on a box. And then when I went to graduate school, I kept it going. I danced in like Limelight and Webster Hall in New York City. So that was like so to me. That's enough to qualify as. I agree. I stand corrected. No poser. Uh, Brandon says, I totally agree. I'm not going against his stance. I agree in most cases. I'm saying it cannot be a light switch on or off What is when it comes to morality. You kind of lost me a little bit. I think you got too smart for me, Brandon. Yeah. Excellent transition to a different story. Sevon, great. Thank you. Too many men in these comments getting heated. Woo. Uh, Bill, um, do you think I, – I, I, last night when I was – 
fussing around on my computer, I came across this video that YouTube published and it was like the five best questions to ask your guest or something. And I clicked on it and it's like this young girl, like telling me like how to do a podcast. Right. And, um, and I, I made it, I, I don't even remember. I just watched like 30 seconds of it. It only had 1600 views, which I thought was like so few for something that like, uh, Google was pushing, right. YouTube was pushing. Oh, was just randomly showed up on your, on your feed. Uh, I don't probably, I don't know how, I don't know how I found it. Um, yeah, I'm sure somehow like that, but it was like one of those, like, you know how YouTube will like be like, they make content. I don't know if you know this, but they make YouTube actually makes content to help content creators. Like this is how you should frame your shot. This is how you should put your microphone. These are questions you should ask in your pocket. And they're just all over the fucking place. There's millions of videos like that. And, um, I was actually, it, it, it got me thinking it really, I, I don't – there's like two kinds of podcasts. I don't think podcasts really matter the questions you ask your guests necessarily. I think it's yeah. the coming of – the excitement comes from who's coming together, right? So the excitement of like the Howard Stern show isn't necessarily the questions he asks, but it's watching that mind come up like, oh, shit, this is going to be weird. It's, it's like mixing um, – it's like putting peanut butter on your cucumber. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this is going to be – I've never done this before. It's like going to your fridge and just start mixing shit, right? Yeah. And, th- and I think that's what the- – go ahead. I think that's why Joe Rogan got so popular because he's sort of on one level, he's kind of like a dude. He's just a dude. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. He was a Taekwondo champion. That he, did- he was? Oh, yeah. He was a beast. There are videos of him like winning championships when he was like uh, 18, I think, 17. Wow, no idea. He's a monster. So, um, and then he's doing like Elon Musk. So that's exactly sort of like this idea of this like – I mean, he always, Joe always says like, oh, I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Obviously he's a brilliant man, but, um, but that idea, you can be a regular dude, a regular Joe and sit in a room with Elon Musk and smoke weed and exchange barbs for an hour and a half or two hours is pretty remarkable. Yeah. But I also, podcast is like a lot of times when I interview people, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't want them to answer questions. I want the questions to be like just a stepping stone for just them ranting about some bullshit and I can just zone out and think about the chores I have to do during the day as a host. <laughs> I'm terrified of my brain wanders. Terrified. Oh, really? Yeah. It, 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 because you, I, it, I'm terrified. I don't want any, well, I don't want anything to slip in and, and, and I didn't hear it. Like I'm on full, like I'm like a dog who's looking out the window at a lizard running back and forth on the patio. Like you ain't getting anything by me, motherfucker. You know? All right. Fair enough. Except for a pratfall. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> hey, um, what do you think um, that the LGBTQ2, do you know what that stands for? All of those stands for? I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. Q2? Yes. That's the whole thing. If you Google LGB, then you get the whole list. I'm sorry? It's not Q squared. It's Q2. No, it's, it's, like, a de- it's like a two that's the same size as the Q. It sits next to it. They're equal. Q2. Is that two Qs or two? The, is, is it parentheses and a two? So, like, are we using like the mathematical principle of distribution? What's the? Uh, <laughs> no, the sir. It's just a bunch of letters and then a number at the end. Like, like you'd see, like two. if you if you picked up your well, phone, I, I, like your serial number. I think people got annoyed by the AI plus. I think that just got like weird. Oh, I don't know what that is. Well, it, up in me for a long time. I think for a few years it's been LGBTQAI plus. AI plus what is that shit? You're, you're so, fucking up my skit. You're fucking up my skit. It was LGBT. Uh huh. At LGBTQ, and then people were like, "What about the allies or the asexual?" Right. Which and then like, okay, science so that's A. 
And then like, what about intersex, which is 0.0001% of the population. But I think intersex, I could be exchanged with intersex and also some other thing. And then someone else said, well, what about people who like dogs, but don't fuck them, but are in love with them and whatever it is. They said, look, we're just at a plus sign to cover the whole panoply of, of different sexual things and non-sexual things. And I think that people, the original the OGs, the LGBTQs were just like, wait, what the fuck is all this? So I think the two is just a way to say, listen, it's just, it's double what we had. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I, I was looking last night, and it's because I I, I I don't like the fact that the LG, L, LGBTQ flag is in front of um, my kids' elementary school. Why? Uh, because um, I used to I, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I used to party at the Gay Pride Parade every year, and the Love Fest, and I used to go to the gay bars, and I used to rage. And I know what the gay I know what that it has nothing to do with equality. Like we partied, you know what I mean? Like it was dudes with their dicks out and guys running around with like other guys on leashes and it had nothing to do with equality and acceptance. And I've had gay guests on and asked them what gay means. And they're like, gay is like when you like the same genitalia as the genitalia in your pants. And like we determined like, yeah, that is the definition. So um, there should be nothing. There should be if they the the actually the U.S. flag does represent equality. And if that if someone didn't think that I would more than happy to um, honor a different flag. That's equality and acceptance of all. Yeah. All. All. Heil Hitler to BLM to like the whole like I'm, I'm willing to accept them all. Um, but I'm not I don't I don't want to sexualize my kid because at five years old, I want I like my um, kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Allen. But I didn't want to fuck her because I didn't know what fucking was. I just wanted her to come to my house and tuck me in at night or like give yeah. me a bath or something. Yeah. So, like my kid's six years old and there's a gay flag in front of his school. And like that doesn't mean acceptance inequality. It's a lie. If we want words to mean something, if we want to like communicate, gay is a is a term that references to homosexuals. Homosexuals is a term that references who you're sexually attracted to and who you're sexually attracted to is, is who you want to ejaculate in front of. I mean, it's very simple. It's like a I'm, I'm no fucking Dick Tracy or wordsmith, but like I can I can connect. You know what I mean? Like keep going. Yeah. So, I just don't want those flags in front of my school. Uh, they can be other places like in front of the in front of the liquor store, like you know, wherever, just in front of someone's house. Like I'm like, okay, but, uh, so I've it's, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. But, but it's, it's one quick thing, but I want to hear your, your thought on it. LGBTQ two. I looked it up yesterday. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. I really only know what lesbian, gay are and, and bi. I don't really know what transgender and queer are. And two is, 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 um, if you have two spirits. Oh, I'm really? Yeah, I'm not even sure if I have one spirit, but I just thought – but I was thinking about putting a U at the end, unvaccinated, LGBTQ2U. God, that was a long joke to get out. That's the only <laughs> joke I had for you, and I fucked it up by being serious about too much shit. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that community is that um, the, the – the- Trans activism is so prevalent in that. And they're kind of, I mean, Dave Chappelle talks about it, Zach. They're kind of they're kind of driving the car. You know what I mean? It used to just be And the lesbians and the and the gays are fucking retarded for getting in the car with the other guys. Like like they are stupid. They should keep their own shit. Cause no because well, no one in their right mind has an issue with a lesbian or a gay person or like like but when you start like getting squirrely off in the other things, like they yeah. keep their activism separate. I think if I was running the show. Well, I mean, th- there is there is a lot of dissent and a little, lot of um, issues I- inside the the LGBTQ community. If you talk to people who are who are really deeply entrenched, there is a lot of issue because the, the, the trans movement 
and the gay movement have had they butt and the trans and lesbian movement have butt heads and the trans and feminist movement have butt heads. So the trans movement is a very small but powerful uh, faction of this society of this community, and I think that um, the they're pro- powerful only because other people are scared to stand up to them. Same with well, BL, same with BLM. People are just uh, no one wants to be called racist or yeah. or, or homophobic or and whatever. Th- there's also like some theory. I'm just reporting what people say because the trans community is mostly sort of dominated in voice and power by MTF, by male to female trans. So some people who are actually trans FDM and some people who are gay, lesbian, but they feel like it's just another example of men railroading and bulldogging their ideology and their power and aggressiveness into a space where it doesn't need to be. So even in the, even in the trans world between MTF and MTF and between generations, there's a lot of real dissent. And I think that the thing is with liberal ideology is that they really don't want to in any way infringe on the rights of any marginalized group. So the trans group is a very marginalized group. And I actually really feel for, for them. You know, I, I think the debate about, uh, you know, children and trans children, that's, that's obviously a debate that's going to be going on for years and years and years. And, and I think it's very complicated. I don't really want to dip my toes in there too much, but at the same time, like, um, I do. I <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say this one thing about it. You should leave a kid's brain alone until they're 25. You shouldn't be smoking weed. Shouldn't be drinking alcohol. Shouldn't be popping Molly. Shouldn't even be on fucking Instagram. Leave the fucking brain alone until you're 25. If you can, I'm just telling you the optimal the optimal way leave the brain and the body alone hormones are fucked man that's this whole this whole thing is because people ate too much sugar i know most everyone knows that this whole thing that we're in right now it's too much sugar and too much refined carbohydrates everything dementia the pandemic heart disease type 2 diabetes um dying of this fucking um common cold like no one no one healthy has died not one and and you guys i know everyone wants to send me that article of that kid who died in new york he was a runner he he ran sprints he was perfect in shape and he was 23 and he died from and he ate eight thousand goo packs a day yeah and he was addicted and he had a a massive and he was diabetic at 23 but he could run 100 miles in three minutes i get it but if you consume glucose and insulin and you have insulin levels that high your immune system doesn't work that's why the fucking tour de france people are scared to death okay sorry trans kids sorry i'm all over the place hi say Uh, that again i had a blueberry pie last night so i'm probably you, I, you got vaccinated. You have to. You're on too many planes. Well, the, the, the truth is, is I, I had COVID in December. Me too. Um, and I liked it. it Me too. Um, no, it wasn't bad. I had, I had two bad days. I did all the things. I, my, my MD brother, you know, gave me all the, all the pills. That you ivermectin? Can. No, this is pre-ivermectin. Oh, oh. And then uh, I, I went to a, a Chinese herbologist who gave me mm-hmm. all the little things I could take. Then I got IVs, and I guess I should have been quarantined, but I was going out getting IVs and shit. Um, I didn't quarantine, and fuck you guys who say you unfollow me because of that. I didn't quarantine at all. I ran my life. I mean, I when I when I was sick, I quarantined a little bit because, I mean, but I wanted to get an IV. I was like, "What am right. I doing?" I was, You're I was, a good dude. You're a good dude. <laughs> um, but it was in two days. It was bad for two days, and then it was fine. So. And then I got tested for antibodies, had antibodies, and this was like in January, February. So it's like, okay, cool. And then when the vaccine came out, um, I just was like, I just had a feeling like, isn't this the way viruses work is you have antibodies and now you don't need to get the vaccine, which is what I've always heard my entire life about everything that's ever existed is viral. 
So I didn't think about it. And when they were pushing, I'm like, that's great. Go get the vaccine. Everyone should get it. People, you know, that need protection should get it. And then when it became like, you need to get the vaccine no matter what, of course, my, I was like, well, I had COVID. And when I would tell people I had COVID, I go, look, I don't think I need the vaccine. I have antibodies that have COVID. They're like, where do you get that from? Fox News. And that was making my head explode because I'm like, no, just wait, because studies are going to come out as they have by the dozens showing that that uh, immunity from COVID is stronger than uh, immunity from the vaccine, which is just what any sentient human being. And for some reason, and this is my biggest problem with liberal, and I still identify as a Democrat, I still identify as liberal. My biggest problem is the fact that when they make a mistake, they never go, oops, and they're supposed to be the smart group. They're supposed to be the people who have complicated you know, minds. They can think different things at the same time. They could be walking contradictions, as, as Brandon said, whatever. But the truth is, like they've, they've lost that, that ability for some reason. They can't go, hey, guys, you know what? There's 100 million people who had COVID who've recovered. So if you have antibodies and you can prove antibodies, then you can work on a set. Then you can be on a TV show. Then you can go back to work. Then we can't fire you. But if you have no antibodies, then we feel like it's that. So Bill, they, just take the shot so we can get back to normal. Just take the yeah. shot so we can get back they to normal. I can't admit that the vaccine isn't quite as effective as I wanted it to be. You know, I, I still am a big, I, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I think people should get it. But I also think if you're 25 years old and you're healthy, like the NBA players who aren't getting it. By the way, no one, no one's, no one's giving them shit because uh, for obvious reasons. But like, because they're black, you mean? Well, yeah, because oh. that whole other issue becomes, you know, and obviously the the black population has a real reason to distrust government for you know the existence of the culture here, but um, but they're not getting it, and I think that the NBA is probably going to strike out some deal where they don't have to get it because first of all, they're also in the prime. I, I think I think that's 20- a um, I think that is the only race. I, I I don't I don't think that it's there. I don't think the black community. I don't think the melanated people. I don't think the people with black skin. I don't. What's, what what do I want to call? It? call you guys anyway you black people i don't think that you're you don't Don't um take the (laughs) you people i don't think i've already been canceled so i'm sorry it's it's always dangerous getting on the air with me i don't think and i'm independently wealthy so i'm I'm dangerous i'm like a, a baby rattlesnake um i don't think that um they they're not taking the vaccine because they don't trust the government i think that the black culture are significantly better critical thinkers than the majority of the public. I think that they have a mastery over thought and language and uh, and of course I'm it's like fucking super generalizing, but like if I think of the most articulate least verbose most to the point culture that I can th- that I've ever met, it's it, it's like it's 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 got to be black people. And if I want to think of the smartest group of people I met, probably Ashkenazi Jews. But like, fuck, man! Like, it takes a long time to get shit out of them. Yeah. Black dude will tell you what, what exactly what's going on in three minutes. See that girl looking? See that girl over there looking at you? She wants to go out with you just twice though, and she wants to ride in your car. And then really, she wants to fuck me because I'm your best friend. I mean, they see the whole fucking thing. <laughs> They're like outside the matrix. Yeah, I, and, and obviously, I'm generalizing racist, but um, I'm not, I'm not buying it's it's a lack of trust. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying that. I don't. I don't like. Well, that's not. I don't like that narrative. It doesn't fit my. Um, doesn't fit my story. Yeah. I want them to be right. So they're the smartest people in the room now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that what a lot of people don't realize is just how many. And I learned this when I was doing this uh, app called Stereo, which I think has 
ignominious end where people would go online during the lockdown and just kind of talk audio. I think Clubhouse sort of replaced it. And Clubhouse is garbage. But um, <clears throat> Did Clubhouse die already? It's still sort of being bounced around like a, a, a volleyball in the gym, but uh, it's it's garbage. So I think that, um, it, you look, anytime you have an exclusive thing, everyone wants to be a member. And then after a while, you got to give up the exclusivity. It's like why every great nightclub in New York is really hot when it's exclusive, but ultimately they want to make money. So the goal is to let everyone in. So when it's exclusive, like, I got to get in the clubhouse. And then it became basically everyone. You're like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit. Oh, and that's like the same reason, the only reason you came on my podcast, because you saw I had a blue check mark. You thought I was, because I was exclusive. We have a pretty big following, yeah. Not, I don't think it's bigger than yours. But go on, go on. Sorry, shit, you're on a roll. Well, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. We're talking about the vaccine. We're oh, we're, we're vaccine. About the African American, like there's just a lot of black people I know, a lot of black friends of mine, a lot of black comics who are who are very Republican and or pro Trump. And I think that in, if you're in New York or LA and you tell people that, they're like, nah, like they, they don't they don't see that. If you tell some liberal white woman that, hey, my buddy, uh, <clears throat> my my black buddy over here is like hardcore Trump, they're like, their heads will explode. Like it's such a rare thing. It's like no, there are millions. There, I mean, there are at least hundreds of thousands of of black Trump supporters. And for some reason, um, I think there's millions now. Same with the, same with the Chicanos. I think the Chicanos are loading up too. my, my feeling with a lot of Chicanos, they, a lot of them have always been like Cubans have always been Trump supporters. I've, I've never met. It wasn't, you know? So, um, I think it's like a, a weird thing that these coastal elites kind of get into. And I, and I identify as a coastal elite, <laughs> but, but I did me too. my mind. Like I used to love watching late night TV and the Kimmels and the, and the Fallons and sell John, out John Oliver. I used to love John sell Oliver. out, but uh, I just feel like not you them. No, I know, but I just, it's hard to watch now because I feel like you're not allowed any nuance of thought. If you're on the liberal train and you step outside of it, that's why I went away, but I've come back to people like Bill Maher, who just is like, this is what I think about this. He, he kind of bucks the trend. Oh my God. You could be related to Bill Maher. You're like the handsome version of him. I've heard I look like Bill Maher, which is very depressing because when I was younger. No, you're buff and shit. I mean, he's not bad looking, but you're just, you're like the younger, more handsome brother. Yeah, if you're like, you look like Bill Maher, can you say someone a little bit better looking, please? But yeah, what but are you? What's your ethnicity? Just like cracker, cracker versus cracker. Is this like a no bunch Jew in you? No. No, I wish I had something cool. I wish I had like Jew or Wakanda or something, but it's just like Irish, Scotch. But like my, like the joke is my family tree has no branches. Um, if, if Bill, Bill Dawes, um, go to Google, uh, Google his name, Bill Dawes. And, um, I know it's 2021, but this thing really held its own. There's a 2009 reel on there. I think it's called the hosting reel. Oh, it's, him, it's just him out in the wild. It is fucking so funny. It is very, that shit always makes me uncomfortable, but like, but you, but you can't stop. But you, but you can't stop watching it. It's really, really good. It's it's a uh, it's ahead of its time, and um, like he said about nineteen seventies movies, it this thing does not lose its um does not. Well, it's, it's funny, good. obviously pre pre. It was it we're that weird place like between PC ultra <laughs> movements. Like the nineties was very PC, and now we're very PC. And this is like this is like that sweet spot of like uh two thousand ten two thousand yeah two thousand ten where. Which is like a real sweet spot in American history where we didn't feel that divided yet. 
we didn't hate each other that much. There was nothing terrible going on. We we kind of recovered from 9-11. That was that that there's a weird we recovering from the economic crash. Like 2010, 2015 was like sort of a sweet spot in in uh <laughs> in modern life where people felt like the country had promise. And um and you could just still say shit and you could say the words, you could say whatever the fuck you want. And um I mean I think the N-word was still verboten. But uh, in general, there wasn't this whole this cap on language. You were never worried about being canceled. It was a concept. As a matter of fact, the opposite was true. It was, it was like the height of shock jocks and shock comedy and blah 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 and Doug Stanhope. So I, I don't I don't say that word. What word? That word. Oh, then word? Yeah, I don't say that word. Well, why would you? Unless you're no that word that you just said. I say nigga. I don't say that word. <laughs> Have you? Did you? Did you see the guy who just released a song? A black guy. It said it's called "Let the White Kids Say Nigga." Have you seen that? Oh, that's funny though. It, it, it's amazing. It's it's on my Instagram. You should see it. And and I and I and I asked Alexa. I said, "Alexa, she show shit." She just woke up over there. But I said, "Alexa, will you play Let the White Boys Say Nigga?" And you know what she said? She said, "Yes, I I, I will play Let the White Boys Say." And then she bleeps herself out. And then the name of the song pops up, and 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 the word "nigga" is bleeped out. But then the song plays. I'm like, what, what kind of fucking idiots are we? We're, the, we're those idiots. What and, kind of fucking idiots are we? The by the way, by the, that is, I'm okay with that. Because, you know. And then someone said to me, do you think it's okay to say that word? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. But if you're going to say it, I really yeah. like what Louis C.K. said. Why do, why, do, why, do, why do you, why do, do you know what skit I'm talking about? Yeah. And where he goes, why don't you take responsibility for the word? Now I have to fill in the blanks to say and, it. Now it's and you mind. do every in every time you do. Yeah, and every. It, it's a small concession to a community that I do think I don't think it's a bunch of white Karen liberals that are asking for it. Drive around their Priuses, texting radio stations. I think it's like the black community really does feel a, an ownership over the word as well. They should that they don't want to share, and I'm okay with that. That's a very small concession for crap. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm okay with it too. Yeah, but I'm so, but I'm also but I'm also not gonna I'm I'm also not gonna kowtow? It's not even that. I don't. So it, it, there's this thing. There's a point where you like, and this is the big problem with the liberals. When you apologize to someone, you validate their insanity and their delusion. Like the truth yeah. is, is it's just a word. It's all just words here. Yeah. And the truth, like, so if I say, if, um, so w one of my friends recently, who's got a big following, like a million followers, he, he, and he's super buff and, uh, his name is Noah Olson. He's a CrossFitter. Amazing guy. One of the nicest human beings I've ever met. He, 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 he usually competes at the CrossFit games. I don't know if you're familiar with CrossFit is it's this fitness methodology thing. I used yeah. to work there for 15 years. Okay. Yeah. And they, um, and he went from 200 pounds to 185 pounds or something. And he yeah. said, Hey guys, look, I, I tried really hard to lose 15 pounds. And normally CrossFitters don't talk about weight loss at all. We just work out and eat right. Yeah. Weight loss is for pussies. And so he did that. And some people are like, Hey, you're not being a good role model by losing weight. And people attacked him. And he said, Oh my God, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend any of you. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to tell Noah, I was like, yo, dude, when you say sorry to them, I know that you're a people pleaser. I love you to death. You're a good dude, but yeah. you're you're, you're you're actually making them weaker. You're acknowledging their delusion as something that they should have been offended by. It's it's perfectly okay to say shut the fuck up and don't be offended by what I do. You yeah. fucking idiots. I, 
I think that if all you get is liberal white women com- women complaining about the thing, then the- sexist. If you if you hear about, don't worry, eighty percent of my listeners are dudes. You can beat up on, and, no. and the women are like kick our ass. No, but if that's the only like, for example, I do a lot of comedy shows in urban rooms and black rooms. And I'll say jokes that are directed towards like aspects of the black community. Um, oh, uh, the bail joke is amazing. The what joke? The, the bail joke and the pussy tight joke are amazing. <laughs> but like the only people, if black people are getting offended by those jokes, I wouldn't get booked in those rooms. Right. But these white women getting offended on behalf of the black people, on behalf of the, and that's and if, if the Mexican people aren't yes. joke, if the then then it should go like let it go white woman but they they just don't see that so if, if they're the barometer of what is offensive and they're the only one like back to the n-word like black people don't want you saying the n-word they do get actually offended by it for the most part not in, i mean there are comics who, who've said it for years and can kind of get away with it louis ck was kind of getting away with it chris rock got he because chris rock was like well you can say it you know you're one of the few white people who can say it and everyone's like what the fuck do you mean by that well because louis ck wrote Chris Rock's best albums, which people don't know. He wrote for Wow. Them. Yeah. And he, you could actually hear Louis C.K.'s voice in, in Chris Rock's best shit, his, his, his first two big specials. Bigger wow, I had no idea. Absolutely. He wrote for, for Chris Rock, because that was before Louis C.K. ever became famous. I, I think he never thought he was going to become what he became, which is like a guy who jerks off in front of women. No, but um, <clears throat> he's a brilliant writer, he, and he was a perfect writer for Chris Rock reason why Chris Rock's special wasn't as good because Lucy K wasn't writing for him anymore. Anyway, ooh, I probably should have said that, but here we go. So, but Lucy K obviously is a brother. He would say it and he would get away with it. But in we general, have 32 viewers right now. You're safe. But, in, but in general, I don't think that, um, I, I don't think it's something that I don't feel strongly enough to, to, to die in that. Mouth, but my, no, sport, me neither. You know what I mean? So, but you just said, but I'm already, but I'm already dead. I'm already like, what do you I'm mean? Already, I'm already dead. Canceled. Uh, the, the New York Times wrote something stupid sh- bullshit lies about me. It caused me to lose my job. I'm sh- I'm shadow banned to fucking hell and back. Um, yeah. Like, like <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I'm a professional van driver. I'm raising the three greatest kids who ever walked the planet. My yeah. wife loves me to death. I'm <laughs> I'm fucking one of the nicest people anyone could ever meet. I'm. Uh, I'm just a good dude. And so there's like, there's nothing I can, nothing so, can happen to me. So what is, what is your, so in making this show and doing this radio slash podcast show, what is the point that you want to do? Is it because you want to help other people or just a way for you to vent? What sort of end goal? So when, um, I was an executive over at CrossFit Inc. I worked there for 15 years. I started there when there were 300 gyms and I, and I was head of the media department with a hundred people working for me until we had 15,000 gyms. Uh, my boss got canceled. The company was sold. And, um, I, when I was there, I had a podcast that was very big, huge, fucking crazy. I'd only done a hundred shows and it was taken off. What is a CrossFit podcast? Yeah. And, and my favorite subject was like weight loss. Like mm-hmm. just bringing people on and just asking them every question about weight loss was it weird the first time. But questions that like a normal corporation would never let their podcast person ask. You know, like, do you remember the first time you saw your dick? How has the viscosity of your semen changed after you lost 100 pounds? Um, is it weird taking off your shirt? Just like all – just and, and, and yeah. what was the greatest trick to losing weight? Just tons of like stuff like that, like real talk, right? And, um, 
so I also did a show with a guy named Chris Cooper, who's the largest consultor of gyms in the world. Basically, like if you have a small gym or any kind of gym or even a small business and it's failing, you can contact this guy and he'll help you get it off the ground. And he's amazing at it. And he's so fucking awesome. And he gives away all his books for free and all shit. So I had him on the show. When he was on the show, some other guy was listening to the show and his business was failing and his business started to succeed. So flash forward, this is about six months ago or a year ago, and this some guy contacts me and he says, hey, I'm Matt Souza, and um, I want to know why you're not doing your podcast. I said, because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm cool now. I'm like done with life and I'm just going to raise my three little boys. I have two four-year-olds and a six-year-old and I just drive them around to, and make them into superhuman beings. And he said, well, I'd really like you to start your podcast up again. I said, okay, but I don't want to. And he said, well, I'll give you one of my employees to help you get it off the ground. And I go, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And he goes, you had this guy, Chris Cooper, on your show. And when he was on the show and I listened to your podcast, my business exploded. Now I got a bunch of money and I want to pay it forward to you. Oh, okay. I'm a, And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, though. So then I get off the phone and my wife goes, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? I go, what do you mean? She goes, you always tell me that the universe is conspiring to help you, that you, it's like impossible for you to fail because it's always just fucking puts a stick up your ass and props you up. And I go, yeah. yeah. She goes, well, it's doing it again and you're turning it down. Call Matt back up. I'm like, listen, motherfucker, I'll do 500 shows as fast as I can. And by the way, today is my greatest day in the history of the podcast. I've built Dawes on this morning. And do you know who I, and do you know who I have on this tonight? Who? Alexander Volkanovsky. Really? The UFC champion. So I have uh, you. You're the biggest comic I've had in the history of the show. <laughs> I'm I get better bigger comics, I was just tell you. <laughs> and then I've so so that's that's my story. That so that's what I'm doing. I, I'm like a Labrador. I don't really have like like you just throw a tennis ball and I'll start chasing it until I get it. Got it. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Alexander. I love that. I do. I do a podcast called MMA roasted, which, and uh, yeah, we talk about him a lot. You do. Yeah. I do MMA podcast. Got a comic named Adam Hunter. How come I didn't find that one? Because I don't really, you know, it's more like Adam's thing. I'm kind of like the sidekick to him. And I just kind of, he just has me there when he kind of goes off and rant. I was kind of go like, yeah, and I'll add a little quip here and there. I like being a sidekick. Like, I would love, like, I don't know if you ever listened to Tim Dillon. No. You never listened to Tim Dillon? No, is it a podcast? You got to listen to Tim Dillon. The Tim Dillon Show. I mean, maybe, maybe it competes with you, but it's just a very different thing. He is, he used to work with subprime mortgages. He's a, a comic. He's a, a kind of a heavy set gay uh, white guy. Um, and he got in, con- I guess he probably started 10 years ago, but just a couple of years, I guess maybe pre during pandemic, his podcast exploded because he would take these very like right wing bents on things. And, um, and I don't think he, I mean, he's a gay man, so he's not super right wing. He's kind of like in the middle, but he would almost be like Stephen Colbert and play. But I feel like he plays the right wing angle so much that he's almost like converted to being like people look at him. They call him. They think he's a Trumper and a, and a hardcore. You know, he gets a lot of hate, but he is probably one of the best podcasters in the business right now because he will just go on for 20 minutes on a rant about something that bugs him. And he'll do it like completely without filter. I mean, you would really appreciate this guy. You know, I'm um, I'm trying to profane that I'm I think that's cool and I'm going to check it out. But like in the bottom of me, there's like jealousy stirring. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm like I get that because I'm a comic and I right. understand a podcast. But just listen to Tim Dillon, and that's it's a different. 
it's not an interview show, but he has a sidekick. And I'm just like, I want to murder that guy and just be Tim Dillon's sidekick. Where I just get to sit there and laugh at him. Like, what a great gig. Would you be better than his sidekick? I mean, his sidekick does the job, which is he'll take abuse from Tim Dillon. Tim, Tim Dillon will yeah. and he'll, he'll Google something and make a comment. He seems like a smart guy. But would I be better? Of course I'd be better. God damn it. Yeah, I love I had a sidekick, Brian Friend. And um, and he was awesome. I used to abuse him. And then before him, I had another sidekick at the CrossFit podcast called Matt Bischel, and I used to abuse him. That's the best thing. Anytime you start just getting insecure, it just gets a little weird. You used to attack him. Um, yeah. But no one wants to do a show every day. No one really, unless they get paid. And so, like, that's the luxury I have. So you're getting paid by this guy? No, 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 not anymore. I don't get paid, but I don't need to get paid. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, like I'm, I'm, I, I, that's the fur that furniture behind me is the furniture I grew up with as a little kid. I'm frugal. My Sorry. wife's, my wife's Jewish. She doesn't make me spend any money. And I just, I'm just, I'm just chill. So do you get a lot of, do you get a lot of haters? I thought you get people coming after you at all. No haters. Yeah. Zero people are, cause I will go to, cause I'll go to war. Yeah. I will fucking go to war. Like, and I'll bring it anywhere on Instagram. Cause I, cause no one could like, like I'm said, I've been decimated. I had everything taken from me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, I, I will say this in terms of like speaking my mind about stuff. Um, you're, you're pretty good, man. You're pretty good about it. Most part. But on the other hand, like I, I am still beholden to corporate interests. You know what of course. I mean? Yeah. I am going to be doing a Netflix series soon. So I do like, there are certain things that I'm not just going to like spout whatever because of free speech and it's funny. But like, I am going to measure, I'm going to be measured sometimes in what I say, because I think like, I, in the back of my mind, there still is the idea of like, oh, I will suck the fucking cock of a corporation to get money because money is an issue. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I wonder, I, I, I walk around here like I, 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 I never would, but, but, um, but, but no one's trying to put their cock in my mouth. So like, I, like it's, it's easy for me to say that, you know what I mean? Like if Netflix yeah. called me and they're like, like I fucking despise soda pop. I think soda pop is the root of all evil. Do I think it should yeah. be legal? Absolutely not. Do I think it should be taxed? No, you should never tax anything. It puts them in bed with the government. Do I think there should be warning labels on it? Maybe. But it is the source of the collapse of civilization as we know it. It's 55% of all the calories consumed in Mexico and in Chile, 52% of all children are obese. There is no coming back from that. Those people are fucked. And I hate to argue people's limitations because I think anything is possible. But if Coca-Cola offered me a million dollars to wear a Coke shirt on my podcast, sell out you feel like diet coke is better do you think it no 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 it's all it's all it's all it's it's bad it's bad it's really bad and you know the ceo of coke is on the pfizer board really yes i don't know well so he's making some money dude the whole thing is so fucking incestuous it's fucking nuts basically what the vaccine is is it's codependency We've known since the 30s, since Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize, we've known that sugar is, is the root of all evil, that it is the collapse. Of, it's, 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 it's the root of, of every single sickness. But, I mean, I know that's hyperbole, but shut the fuck up. It, 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 it's, it's somewhere between the 90 and 100 y yard line of, of all yeah. sickness, added sugar and refined carbohydrates. And so when we just keep coming with these Band-Aids… People are like, oh, but Sevon, you're such an absolutist. We, even though you're right, we have to give them the vaccine because no one can cure themselves that fast. You're arguing other people's limitations. Believe in people. They've had two years. It only takes 28 days to stop being metabolically deranged. Mm -hmm. Follow the carnivore MD. Just eat as much meat and hard cheese as you want for 28 days. Hard cheese. 
Yeah, purge yourself of all added sugar and refined carbohydrates, and then for there, start adding in vegetables or whatnot. But like, throw yourself into ketosis. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's when your body starts. Burn. Okay, and 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 your desire for sugar will go. It's a tough three or four days. Don't be a pussy. You're gonna die prematurely if you don't do it. Yeah. So we 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 go into ketosis. Do you just stay in ketosis for the rest of your life, or you just kind of get there? Uh, I, I wasn't able to, I, I, I go back and forth. There, there, uh, I was like doing it so hardcore for like six months, weird shit started happening. Like my heart started doing some weird shit. My fingers started getting cold. So I started adding in some, like some more carbohydrates. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I, I still like my kid had a birthday and I didn't need a piece of cake at it. Like I have no desire to open up that. I'm not doing yeah. that. It's not, it's not extreme not to eat cake. It's actually the exact opposite. Yeah, it's really extreme to eat six layers of different kind of just insanely processed sugar. That's yeah. Sevon, you're right. I didn't know about this guy, but he's funny as shit. The Wad Zombie, he, dude. I'm telling you, start digging around. You, you click on anything he does on YouTube, you won't be disappointed. Are people making comments that are like hateful? You're like, I'm not gonna read this comment. Are like a fuck guy? Uh, <laughs> if his square jaw is real, I bet you his dick is huge. Love Sally. Wow. No, no, no. I made that up. Hold on. <laughs> no, they're all good comments. They're all good comments. Even Brandon Waddle's like, hey, I'm not disagreeing with this guy. Lay off, guys. Um, oh, and that's the love on this podcast. I love it. Yeah. It is uh, – I have one or two in my – I get a sh- ridiculous amount of DMs because of what I post. And only like – there's like one or two consistent people who would just want to come in there and, and fight with me all the time. But mm-hmm. even our fighting is like – Sometimes like at the end of the DMs, it'll come down to like, hey, fuck you or fuck you or you're a Nazi or you know what I mean? And then like a week will go by and they'll DM me again. They'll be like, hey, what's up? You still stupid? And I'll be like, yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? And then we start up. the. It, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in, in both worlds. Like I have some I have some friends that are pretty. They won't say they're queuing on, but they're queuing on. Like they're like, I'm not queuing on. But, you know, Pizzagate's real. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then I have friends who are like super, super on the other side. One thing about the vaccination I found, too, is that I have just as many like Republican friends who are anti-vax as I have liberal friends. Mm. The yoga community and the natural spirit and the fucking healing energy bowl type of people and the Burning Man, they don't want to get vaccinated because they don't want to put anything natural in their body. And they want it. They like, I will just. I'll go to Air One once I'm sick or whatever. I'll 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 get my chi aligned with the whatever the fuck it is that they want to do. And you're like, yeah, sure, because you want to get laid. But uh, so there's just as many of these yoga teacher liberal hardcore vegans that are anti-vax. Like a lot of vegans are anti-vax. That's what a lot of people aren't understanding is like the amount of vegans that are anti-vax. So I think people because people just go, oh, what one thing that bugs the fuck out of me disingenuous is this whole idea of like this is the disease of the unvaccinated and then straight from there they draw a direct line to like these fucking QAnon flat earther Trump supporters that are killing everyone ruining the country I'm like look at the fucking numbers look look who's oh I got so passionate I killed my phone look who's like there is obviously a lot of women that won't get vaccinated there's a lot of black people that won't get vaccinated a lot of Mexican people won't get vaccinated there's a lot of people who make the choice not to get vaccinated and it's not just Trump supporters I don't know exactly what the stats are but I think there's a parody there that the media doesn't want to talk about are you tripping on Australia too oh like what's happening there with the fucking lockdown COVID zero I had a guest yesterday who told me that they've been locked down for like 238 straight days. Kate Gordon. What? Really? 
Good Lord, man. And, and, and how many, are there like two cases or something? What's going on there? I don't know. Yes. I yes. It's like that. It's like that. So once the two goes to zero, then are they going to let people out of their houses again? Or what's happening? I don't know, but she, she, she agrees with me fully. Like basically all of the, there's going to become a point where that shit's going to spread like wildfire there. Like it did in the United States. And the, and yeah, I mean, I think the, I think there's, I mean, look, we're, we're never going to know the truth about any of this shit until five years. from now. Right. And hopefully five years from now there, there will be an independent study and people really look at all the ramifications, what happened. And then we'll know, first of all, we're going to know about if the vaccine and what the side effects of the vaccine are in five years, we're not going to know about them now. I mean, anyone who works in immunology and vaccinations will tell you that you don't know about the side effects of any of these things until at least two. two. So we have no idea what the side effects could be. It's never going to be anything good. Like it makes your dick bigger. That'd be fucking awesome. Right. Wow. Nikki and her cousin's balls bigger or whatever the fuck it was. And you know, you, you know, there's a lot of, I was looking um, at some Japanese media. There's, there's actually reports in Jap Japan about that too. Did you see that? Balls? Yeah. About the big balls from the vaccine. And of course, when she said it, everyone just fucking mocked her forever. I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, the mocking of people is totally uncool too. I mean, do you know that, any, do you know any flat earthers? Uh, I, I know like one or two. Someone landed in my DMs the other day and they're like, Hey, you should look at this thing, this, this, uh, Instagram account. It's, a, it's the guy who's like the head of the flat earther society. And I started looking at it and there's just premises in there that are just fucking utterly uh, like, <laughs> like just, I, I want to be open-minded to it. Yeah. But it's utterly absurd. Some of the shit they're saying, like they're talking about why the earth looks the way it does when you fly. And I'm just like, yeah. Do you, do you, can you not conceptualize three dimensions? I mean, I really want to be open to the idea of it being flat. I just, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I'm struggling with it. I just can't even be, I can't even like, yeah, it's bizarre, but I'm going to watch the YouTube video on it now. I'm going to, I'm going to like give it a, sh a shot, but I, I, it's, it's, yeah. it looks just complete. It's bizarre to me. Like I'm talking to a cartoon character. Yeah. I feel like the flat earther thing is like someone got stoned and mm. just if they could wag the dog. You know I mean? <laughs> someone got stoned and said look man what if the earth was flat bro can you imagine like what could be and maybe he was he was good at physics in high school or college and said yo if it's a parabola and people get there's a vortex of gravity and, dude, and they just came up with this they just reverse engineered this theory involving gravity and the way the earth loops or whatever the fuck it was they tied it into the idea of the universe being you know, whatever, how the, unit yeah, they think it's a dome from the little bit I saw on Instagram. They think it's a dome and, um, they think that like the, there's ice around the edges that keep the water from spill. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's earth flight and you fall off, you die, dude. but it's more like they really do couch it in these like quasi literate, terms that involve physics and gravity and different theorems and and we listen to it, it makes no sense to me and i i went to school for aerospace engineering and i can't really wrap my head around the logic of it but i always i, I feel like i've had too many concussions so maybe i'm stupid but it, it's not the, the flat earth theory is couched in really sort of pseudo intellectual shit to make it seem less stupid and that's why people get duped into it because they're like wow this guy he's a physicist and he said that because the gravity we get when we go on this, we get sucked back into this parabola of whatever the fuck it is. It's very, it's very bizarre. To listen. It's entertaining. 
And I think a lot of people just like to to, to jump on these bandwagons because it's fun to debate shit. Because or like Christians don't believe that the earth is like more than 3,000 years old and that dinosaurs aren't real and all this shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I want to be open to it. I really do. When they talk about it, I want to really be open to it. Yeah. But or, I, I just start, I got, I, I, I guess I'm just too judgmental. It's like really hard for me to like to, to go there. I'm like, well, but, but I'm so good at going anywhere. I don't know. I went to Kentucky, not to brag for a uh -huh. show. And uh -huh. you know, they have a, a replica of Noah's Ark in Kentucky. It's probably about an hour outside Louisville. And of course I had to go. And again, they have a lot of scientists, a lot of smart people got together to make this ark. And the whole arc is basically anytime people shit on the idea of Noah's Ark, it's just a way to say, no, but look, here's how you get the, here, here's probably how the filtration and they have all these charts and pie graphs and different systems. And well, how do you get every animal? Well, not every animal, every genus of every animal, not every species exactly, but every type of animal, here's how they would put them. And they really thought it through, you know what I mean? And I don't know really what the end goal is other than they just go, we have to believe in the Bible. We have to believe in the word of God. And let's let's do our fucking best to make it seem like this was a real thing. Was because it cool? Was it cool? I, it, it is sociologically as an experiment. You got to go. It's fucking incredible. Is the I boat mean, huge? Is it like the Titanic? I mean, it's huge. I I, I guess it's big. I, I, I don't can't really think of a scale, but you Google no, no, Noah's Ark in Kentucky. And they say, you know, because I think in the um, Bible, it's something like, Two billion cubic meters or some fucking shit. like well a cubic back then was a different thing in the measurements so they just made a big fucking boat and it's a tour and you go around and people I've met people there that have been there seven or eight times they just keep going back and they feel and it, it's I take my kids there I take my kids there yeah it's it's pretty crazy and it's pretty um unbelievable that people but it's not just dumb people that's my point people people will recruit scientists just to kind of like, like I said, reverse engineer a theory or a belief system. If you have a belief system, then you will reverse engineer any concept into that belief system. Liberals and, and you know, if, if, if a black man gets shot, a, a liberal have to reverse engineer racism into it, right? If if something happens on the other side, then the Republicans, it's, it's really, it's just how the human brain works. We have to make, we have a belief system. There's a great quote that said, um, it's easier to trick someone into something than to convince them out of something. Say that again. Say that one more time. It's either it's easy, either to convince something into something that isn't true than to convince them out of something that isn't true. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. I haven't you seen know? some great quotes like that. Yes. So I forget exactly what it is, but it, it's, that just speaks to everything. So if your beliefs is what... Oh, I, I guess it's a belief. It's really harder to convince a person into a belief system than to convince them out of a belief system, right? No, opposite, right? Once someone has a belief system, it's like almost impossible to wake them up. It's okay. impossible out of a belief system, but you can right. get them into a belief system. You can indoctrinate someone into a belief system, but once they're in that, get them out of it is impossible. I mean, that's why people with with Trump and look, I, I think it's pretty safe to say, even if you're have like Trump to a degree or a Republican, like. He's a fucking idiot. Like, and he just he just can't stop stepping on rakes. I mean, I think the guy could probably win in twenty twenty four if he wasn't such a goddamn fucking moron. But um, he just can't help himself because that's in his DNA. So, um, but what people, people on the left need to know is that people who are jumping ship from the left they they, they don't want to vote for Trump. 
No, you're giving them, but you're giving them no choice. Like when you start, when you start making it so like you can't go to work and your kids can't go to school and you can't yeah. leave your house and you're in and, and the parks say no old people over 65. I mean, it's, are you, you're in Los Angeles, you said? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy here, people. Like for those of you who don't know, like it seems a little normal to us in California, but California, Canada, the UK, Australia, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, we are surrounded by fucking intense wackadoodles, like people who are like scared of you. It is fucking bizarre. I've been walking down the street barefoot, just my fucking tongue dragging on the sidewalk, and people are like, ah, fuck, fuck, eat a dick. Hiking trail, and you'll see someone run, like a 25 year old runner with an A pack running down a trail with a mask on. I'm like, stop, stop, dumb, dumb. Unless you want like hypoxia just to improve your cardio, like that's fine. But otherwise, like, how are you going to get infected? There's no one within 50 yards of you. The USO tour. Uh-huh. You did that? Yeah. I did I did a USO tour, yeah. Tell me, how do you get asked for that? And is that like, a, is that a moment where you're like, holy shit, I've arrived? I must be good. <laughs> so no, I was, I was touring uh, with and writing for Jamie Kennedy mm-hmm. uh, when I first started. I think I lied to him. I told him I'd been doing comedy for three years, but I've been doing it for like six months. And he and I would kind of do the thing that you do, which is you drive to a city so you can be a feature for a comic. I would, you know, rent a car and drive to Cleveland just to be his feature. And then what write, does that mean? Like go up before him? Yeah. OK. Um, and then, you know, so that's wild. Then he kind of then they rely on you. They they work with you and they start bringing you around. But so then the USO, he got invited to the USO because, you know, this is, I guess, 2006, 2007 when he was I mean, it was 2000. Eight, nine, something like that. Maybe it was two thousand eight. Anyway, um, so and he was his star was pretty high back then. So, um, it was Paul Wall. I don't know if you know Paul Wall. He's like a Texas rapper, and uh, and he had a couple of rappers and break dancers and Jamie Kennedy, and me. And we went to um went to Iraq and Kuwait, and and we had a bunch of trips scheduled for Af- Afghanistan, but so many helicopters and cargo planes were being well, I guess helicopters were being shot down from fobs at that time that we were grounded a lot of it so we just performed in iraq and kuwait do you do that for free do you get paid a stipend anything you get paid and it was like i guess you get paid like a grand for a week or something like that um or maybe 1500 it's not like a huge amount of money but you know they fly you over there it's such an amazing experience and um yeah i got banned at the end the last show i got banned so what happened i'm glad i asked because, well, when we were in Kuwait, they were like, listen, you got to be very careful about what you say in Kuwait. This is like a, a G show, maybe PG at most. But None of uh, your shit is G. So I had, to, I had to dig deep and find that. Like, hey, bread's weird, right? Remember the, the end piece of the bread? Whatever. You just find whatever stuff. Or you take jokes that are kind of PGR and you kind of like sort of try to modify it. Um, and it was fine. So I go to Baghdad. And like, listen, we get to Baghdad. You can say whatever the fuck you want. These people, they 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 pick up dead babies out of rubble. They're fucking, they see awful things. Like it's wrong. So I did a 3 PM show with a group of like Marines who had like literally like their fucking M 16s or whatever, like by the side in their chairs while they were listening. It was also 3 PM in the middle of the fucking desert sun. And, um, so I did the set that I wanted to do, which is pretty dirty. And, um, and I had a bit that I would call the Nestle knockout, which is about, um, how, I mean, I guess I can do the bit. I don't do it anymore. I've retired it. But uh, bring it out, bring it out. It's it's sort of 
I mean, it's based on a true story, but I'll, so, so I did that bit, the three pimp show and the head of the USO, the woman, this woman Tracy was like, she's like, listen, oh. she's like, I would strongly recommend you don't do that bit tonight. Cause then we had a big show in Baghdad at Camp Victory with like 8,000 people. Right. And she goes, I really, I go, Tracy, you just told me I could say whatever I wanted in Baghdad. She goes, I would strongly advise you not to do that bit. I go, okay, you're, or I recommend, I go, you're recommending I do it because you don't think it'll work. And she just kept repeating, I just recommend you. I was like, okay, I take your recommend, I take it in accounts, whatever. I don't know. I, I heard you. So, uh, I, and before Jamie Kennedy, I'm, and there's 8,000 people, they're standing on, on, on like, like the backs of trucks is everywhere. It's incredible. Um, the show's going great. I start my stuff. I do one dirty joke and the audience laughs really hard. I'm like, oh, fuck, they want it. They want the fucking Nestle knockout. They fucking want it. So I keep going, do another dirty joke. Ah, I'm like, so I look over at Jamie Kennedy, who's off the side. I'm like, like kind of shrug, like, should I do it? And he's like, go ahead. He gives you it. So I go to the Nestle knockout joke, which at my time was a, was a closer. It's a longer bit, but the, the gist of the bit was that like um, having sex with this Puerto Rican girl. Um, and uh, I like it already. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot to it, but the, but it's probably like a three or four minute bit. But then I say um, at one point. Oh, she was she, she said, uh, oh, you like that Puerto Rican pussy? You like that Puerto Rican pussy? And I and and I'm trying not to laugh because I'm thinking like I'm like what the fuck is she talking about? What is what is a Puerto Rican? Is that a is that a spicy brand of vagina? So it fucking a, 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 like a Triscuit. I do a whole like slew of different types of racial vaginas and what it would mean, right? They get some laughs, and that's fairly innocent. And yes, yes, true. yes. Oh, so, and then I kind of and and I'm and I lose my boner because I'm laughing about this not like the, a Puerto Rican pussy, like what it could mean. And then she she can tell, so she goes. Oh, she 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 takes out her shirt. Okay, if I do, I'm pulling, literally, she says, "Do my, do me fine. Pull my hair. Do all that shit. Those white bitches won't let you do." And I go, "Like what? Pay for dinner? Uh, I don't know what it is that white women won't let you do. Like I feel like the craziest woman I've always been. I've always been like the whiter the. Last time I was with a black girl, I tripped with my finger up her butt. She's like, Psh. "Oh hell no! What you doing, cracker?" Last time the white girl, I put my finger butt. She's like, "What are you doing? Put your old fist up there, motherfucker! Fist me, fist me in the face, fist. I want the Nestle knockout." Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "She's like, so time, motherfucker." And at that time, <laughs> to the snake, whatever it was, um, it was a huge, and it got this huge eight thousand fucking troops, huge reaction, murder. I felt great. I felt amazing. I got off stage. Jamie went up there and Jamie was like, okay, I got to be cleaner based on what Tracy is. So Jamie just, he just bombed. He just, oh, Catholic. He just fucking bombed. Like, I'm not going to. Do you feel bad for him when he bombs? Um, uh, I mean, like, are you uncomfortable? Like watching another comic bomb? Does it make you like hurt? Like your soul hurt or like, it depends how they bomb. Cause sometimes the comic <clears throat> will funniest thing you'll ever see in your fucking life. Because, because it's because they are actually you know they're funny, and you know how uncomfortable they are, and that's hilarious to you. Right, right. It's hilarious. Like there's a comic named Brian Holtzman who's kind of 
really blown up to Austin scene right now. But when he was in LA, he would do these light shows. He would follow like Dane Cook and he was like a very like angry guy. And he's hilarious and comics know he's hilarious, but at that crowd, a bunch of young millennials who are, you know, there for Dane Cook, he just wouldn't work. And you'd watch him fucking bomb, but he was still committed to it. And it was hilarious. I mean, I love that. I love comics like that who don't give a fuck. And, and bombing is part of the agreement they have with themselves and with the crowd, which is like, I don't give a fuck what you say. If you're offended, go eat a dick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right there. I, I, I'm a little bit of a people please more than, more than I care to be. Uh, anyway. So the next day she said, she was like, I told you not to do it. I was like, no, Tracy, you strongly recommended. I don't do it. And she was like, well, you're not welcome back to USO. And I was like, <sighs> well, I mean, not like I want, I'm dying to go back. Like, I guess if I go back to Afghanistan now, what am I going to, perform for the other troops who knows um so I, I, that was a long time ago so i'm sure if the opportunity came i would i would love to go back and since then i've performed for other promotions with uh armed services but they're, they're why like, did you retire that joke sometimes i feel like things are a little i don't know flat-footed they're a little broad like white people be this black people be this it's not a terrible joke um, sometimes the broadest jokes are the funniest jokes. It just felt like involved fisting someone and punching them in the face. It just had this like hint of domestic violence that like as much as I, I'm all for that type of comedy, if it's funny, like it used to have a joke, which is also a joke I don't really do anymore. I changed it where a girl said, um, uh, she asked me on a date. It's a true story. I mean, except for the punchline where, and she asked for a date and the bill came and it was like, um, are you gonna pay for this i'm like well you asked me out she goes um well I'm, i don't know i'm just old-fashioned that way i was like well yeah i'm old-fashioned too so i slapped her for talking back to me um <laughs> that's a quality joke right but quality the end, quality at the that's end some the, danger field shit at the end of the day there's just that weird hint of domestic violence that like you know what i mean i i, I, I get I, I get it i get it you know, Same thing with like um, kick, kick, um, um, uh, molestation humor is hilarious until you have kids. Then you're like, ah, I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, do you do you like Tosh? I love Tosh. I mean, yeah, Tosh. Tosh is what I would say is probably he might be a bigger inspiration to me than than any other comic right now. Oh my God, we're cut from the same cloth. He's my favorite. He he, I I think he's like he he's just. I just, I don't know. I can't get enough of him. I could watch his specials like over and over and over. See, this is the thing that people don't get about Tosh or people who aren't really like comic. I think sometimes like, I think it's good. I think it's good when people get offended. I think it's a good thing. I like to be offended. By offended, I, all it means is your sensibilities are challenged and you're struck with cognitive distance about how you feel and what you believe and what you're hearing. It. Being offended is, it's like a kind of a fake term. You know what I mean? Like people, they have these feelings and they put this phraseology of being offended onto these feelings, but that's not really, that's a really like weird encapsulation of actually the feelings that are being mustered by the joke. Like I was in Manhattan during September 11th and I like watched the buildings burn and I was like, you know, a hundred yards away and, uh, you know, and I like ran when shit was started falling. So I was like, crazy. Right I was doing theater in New York at the time. And and I had uh, 
friends who I had a friend who died. I had friends who were really fucked up by it. Um, it was obviously a really weird time to be in Manhattan, real time in America, but particularly living pretty close to it. Um, so, uh, I have a lot of feelings about it and obviously like a lot of emotions about it. So two years after September 11th, or maybe it was like a year and a half, I guess it was like two years. I was at the laugh factory and Daniel Tosh was on stage and his, and he goes, guys, can we talk about the good things about nine 11 yet? Are we there yet? We can talk about the positive things about nine 11. So there right away, it, 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 it makes you feel a certain way. Like what the fuck is this? What is he going to say? You know what I mean? You have this, like this tightening your chest, wherever you're, you're whatever those triggers are like, but the, the, I, I invite those. I love those. I go, what, what, what the fuck? He goes, he goes, you know, before 9-11, you had to like drive your girlfriend to the airport and then you had to park and you had to walk them to the gate and you'd sit <laughs> and wave to the machine going off the tarmac. It's like now after 9-11, all you got to do is drive up, open door and throw her to the fucking curb. That's worth at least one tower, guys. Not two. What are you, a maniac? But one tower, come on. And the joke has more dimension. But man, the first time I heard that joke, the audience was, you were like, oh, you could just feel them like this reaction thing. with, And I just was like, fucking, that is so, it's so funny and sociopathic and just brilliant. And I fucking love it. And that whole idea of like, you mitigate the joke by saying one, one tower, like guys, come on, don't look at me like that. It's just one tower, not two. That construct and comedy is something that I, I look, I look to to find moments where I can kind of mitigate a joke, uh, sort of falsely mitigate <laughs> the offense of the joke by just going, but I mean this, not that. I'm not talking about all the way. I just mean a little bit, you know? And it's something that I always find um, compelling because you're going to, because it addresses the fact that people are going to be triggered or offended by it, you know? And it sort of then only introduces like something even more offensive. Being offended is the opposite of enlightened. It really is like the Buddha was never, you never hear stories about Buddha being offended. So all these, all these people that want to embrace Eastern religion and the ideology and try to be, and take their yoga classes. And then they're offended. It goes, it flies in the face of everything that yoga espouses. It's crazy. It's so, it's so amazing. I would never even admit my ego is so big. I would never even admit to being offended. If you offended me, I would take that and go to my room with it and start working on it so that it never offended me again. My yeah. ego would capture it and then I would take it so that I could pursue my enlightenment and, 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 and accept it. I mean, and, and, and I've, one of the interesting things that I, um, and I just make this up. I don't know if this is necessarily true, but being only five foot five and having a big nose and being a little chubby and being the guy who gets picked after girls, you know, in, in PE with the, 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 when you're picking teams in high school and all the dudes get picked and then some girls get picked and then I get picked. Right. And like, I was that guy and like being funny was like, all I wanted to do, like I, like I was the class clown and I loved it and I would never take it back. Like I really enjoyed like making everyone laugh, teacher laugh, everyone laugh. But I got, then after a while, something happens to you and these things that people made fun of you, you, they're your favorite things, but your tall, but your counterparts who are these tall, handsome, strong men, they're fucking pussies now that I'm 40. Now that I'm approaching 50, they can't take shit. They're offended by everything. They have no callus around their fucking ego. They have no enlightenment. They are the biggest fucking cunts ever because they didn't get fucking worked over in high school. And like you learned that like 
it, it almost makes me defensive about being like when when people come down on bullies. Like bull, bullies are who made me who I am. Now, now, granted, yeah. there, there's a lip, there's a limit to it. I mean, there were some bullies, like the guy who hung out at the corner when you get off the bus and he, like beats you up and you got to run by him. That gets a little old after like three years. Yeah. But but like, come on, man. Like life's not fair. We like every hardship should make us stronger. If you are getting offended by something, it's your fault and you're missing an opportunity to grow spiritually. And what does that mean to grow spiritually? It means to have more energy pass through you. Pass you want energy to pass through you. I don't even know what energy is, but it's like love. And you want it to just come in and go out, come in and yep. go out. And the more the faster you let it pass through you, the more you get, the more you get. Almost any philosophy is to the fact that you shouldn't take things personal. Right. I mean, any any major religion is just like things do not take things personal. Any self help is don't things personal. And literally, yeah. being offended, it's the opposite of that. It's like everything is personal. Everything is an affront to you. Everything is attacked to you. And that you're justified in that because you're marginalized. You're justified because you're from a disenfranchised community. And that applies to white people, black people, male men, women, whatever. You, people find their own ways to. to ascribe themselves as uh, as marginalized or disenfranchised you know victim so, victim, victim I, mindset i i think that's and and i get it because it's not like there can't be victims but at the end of the day you look at the the largest group of victims i think one of the most powerful books is uh a man's search for meaning written by fuck one eli is it eli Ugh. I always forget his name, but I read that at a very seminal time in my life. And now here's a guy who survived the concentration camp and he was able to find meaning there and ask mm. and go back and forgive his captors and forgive the people who held them. I mean, I think that is, there's nothing more powerful than forgiveness. Those Most books are crazy. I've read a couple of those books, people in concentration camp who forgave their captors. Yeah. Th there's nothing more powerful as a, as a human to, to give love, empathy and compassion and to forgive. And for some reason, we fucked it up. We've lost the thread. And now we think the most noble thing we can do is to attack people and be the opposite of forgiving and to, and it's almost more noble to not forgive someone for anything they've done for a comment they made 10 years ago for a post they said, or what the guy who's up for uh, jeopardy, he made some comment about boobies, and maybe some sexist jokes. I mean, it's a shame. It's like, we've, we've made that a virtue, the ability. And I don't know what that's about. I don't know who's helming that. I don't know if it's just like a collective unconsciousness that we can't escape from at this point, or if there's a way out of it, but it's just where we're at right now, which is why I'm, I'm still to this day, I got to be a little bit measured about what I say, because I just feel like, um, and also at the end of the day, I do think that it, it's really easy to fall into like hatefulness and divisiveness and to like label people and to point fingers at people that's fun. It gives you like a sugary, sugary rush to kind of like, fuck you, motherfucker piece. And you fucking C word, you fucking N word, you know, like I get, I get. You don't say, you don't say cunt either. No, I say cunt for sure. Oh, oh okay. I feel like, I feel like cunt, I feel like cunt is sort of like still, it, it's right there on the edge because Australians say it as like a term of endearment. Isn't that yeah, amazing? Yeah. So that's probably what's keeping it alive. But also it's 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 <laughs> we're talking about behavior. And I don't think it's necessarily genderized because you can call him you can call a guy that guy's a fucking cunt. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So um I do realize that it is a tricky word. I mean, sometimes I would do if I get heckled, I don't like to really but sometimes with hecklers, if they go, Oh fuck you, that's offensive or blah blah, I go, Look. Hecklers I, are real. Yeah, it happens. I, I I had a show where this woman was I was talking about Charlottesville. And, and it wasn't like I was like on the side of the protesters. The joke was basically about like, um, calm down about Nazis being on the rise. Like, 
Nazis are. I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes. I've never once been recruited by the Nazi party. And I'm a first round draft pick by the Nazi party. Right, right. No one's ever been like, hello, would you like to know more about the organization? We have some pamphlets you can share. You could like us on Facebook if you treat us on Twitter. And I do this whole German thing and I go in. And it was going fine. And then I talked about how they were saying Jews are not replace us. I'm like, you see how they're not saying black people won't replace them because like, obviously like, like black people aren't worried about that. Like you're never going to hear an announcer like, uh, off the bench coming in five foot four rookie sensation rabbi Moshe Leibowitz or something like that. Um, replacing LeBron James. So, uh, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not an offensive bit, but this woman, because people died, a woman died in Charlottesville. She's like, people died in Charlottesville. How dare you? I go, look, I'm not saying hate speech. I'm not like, I'm, these are jokes. This is not hate speech. I, I would like, I would never say the N word because it's offensive to black people. I would never say the C word because it's offensive to cunts like you. And, oh, I and love it. It ignites <laughs> the crowd. And that's just like a go-to. If I ever get like people get offended, I go, oh my God, I'm just, I don't want to offend you. Like this is not hate speech. I'm not doing that. Like, listen, I'm not saying it always works. I use it sparingly because I don't want to, because I do feel like, I do feel like you have a little, and this girl was crying at the end of the show and blah, blah, blah. But also at the same time, like, I hope she becomes a better person for it. Right, right. Of you course. know what I mean? Yep. Come, yep. Paid money for it. We're in a basement at a Chuck E. Cheese, basically, and you're getting offended by jokes I said because someone died. Do you not understand what comedy is? Do you understand that comedy is processing death and pain and rape and misery and torture? Do you understand it's our only way out of that fucking morass of fucking hell that is life? Without comedy, there is nothing. There's no fucking joy. It's just fucking and eating. We need comedy. We need irony and sarcasm and, and you know, sardonic behavior. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? So I just don't understand these fucking people who go to comedy shows and get, look, I understand like finding something not funny. Like she didn't think I'm funny. Fine. Don't think I'm funny. Don't watch my YouTube videos. Don't subscribe to me on Instagram, where the fuck it is. But at the same time, you're going to go out of your way to start heckling me and start telling me you're not fucking funny. You're racist, you're sex, whatever the fucking shit is to make a point about your belief system in a show that is I'm getting paid for. Go fuck yourself. Eat it, walk out of the room, get hit by a bus. I don't care, but don't fucking heckle me, you dumb cunt. Yes. Bam. I've had you on an hour and 41 minutes, but I need to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, how close are you to getting your black belt? <sighs> Good question, man. I mean, I should have it by now. Really? But How many days a week are you training? That's the thing is like, I, I, I'm very inconsistent. Like I was, I was going back between LA and New York a lot. And, um, at Henzo Gracie and then my academy in LA. And I actually got belted for my brown belt in LA. But um, but because you go back and forth, you don't get like the consistency of the time. So my black belt is uh is far off right now because right now I'm kind of not at this dojo, at that same dojo. I'm there very sporadically because of some stuff, you know, I've been traveling so much. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it bums me out that I'm not on a strict regimen to get my black belt i think i have to get my my feet planted um somewhere and find a dojo i also work in austin a lot and i've been looking for a dojo in austin but like most of the dojos in austin are all are all no gi and i'm, I'm a gi guy just because i'm older oh really is that true yeah. most of the gis there's is like no gi's huge in austin well no no gi is kind of taken because it's no gi is the sexy shit no gi is where you fucking Put in the rash guard, you look all fucking ripped. And the Gordon Ryan and Gary Tonin and all the real pimps are, are all doing no gi and Eddie Bravo. It, there's something like sexy about no gi jitsu. 
And their argument is it's closer to what you would actually experience in a street fight. But I disagree because in a street fight, you're not going to be covered in fucking man sweat. You know what I mean? When you start doing no gi within five, 10 minutes, it's just, it's just slime. Everything is just slimy. And now the no gi game is pretty much like, like ankles and heels and knees and heel hooks. And uh, you know what, man, I, I've been lucky. I played soccer and I was a dancer. Was And I just been blessed with really great knees and great ankles and decent hips. So I don't want to all of a sudden like be in my fifties having to deal with fucking, you know, knee issues. Did you two injuries? Yeah. So like with, with the gi stuff, you know, you, you there, you know, you still shit happens to like I've, I've busted teeth, I've broken fingers and, um, I've doing judo, I've broken toes and shit, but at the same time, like I don't want to break, I don't want to get an, an ACL snap because someone puts me on a, a fucking heel hook that fast. It's just not that, I'm not that competitive at the end of the day. I'm not so like, I got to be the best. Like I, what would you need to do to get your um, black belt? Like three days a week for three years. Like you need to like, just no, I think, I think if I, I think if to get my black belt now, Uh Oh, I think you mean, what would you need to do? Your, your audio got all fucked up. Oh, sorry. I was going to uh, fuck call. but, um, to get black belt now, I would probably it'd probably be t- three days a week for two years. I think it would be enough, and then also just really putting in the time outside and watching videos and learning all the names for all the moves and self defense and judo. I mean, a lot of it. My, the, the dojo where I was belted, they also um, it's a lot of it is actually like n- knowing the techniques and learning it like a student. It's not just like you you. I mean, obviously, if you win a tournament. But I also, I don't think I want to compete. I'm just not that interested in, in competing in tournaments. You know what I mean? It just never, and maybe there's a little bit of fear to it, but also like, I don't fucking give a shit. Like, I don't want to show up in Long Beach and wait for two hours and put Ben Gay on and walk around and look at other people. I ran track in high school and it fucking, I hated it. It was nerve wracking. And I felt like it was a thing that I needed to do. And then you become a You're like, I don't need to do that. A, a stand-up comic is talking about track being nerve wracking. That's fucking, I'm having trouble believing that. I mean, you, you're in the most nerve-wracking career in the in the world. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's pretty... It, it, like, the nervousness with Stamp Comic is also, like... Is also just excitement. You can just, in your brain, just transmute it to the same neurons firing. Just, like, these are neurons of excitement. They're not nervous. They're not nerves. And you still get nervous. It's fun at, when you get older to get nervous because it means you care about shit. And so much of us are dead inside that the idea that you can get nervous about doing something that you also love is kind of great. You know, I love that's the best thing about the podcast. I get a little nervous every day, Uh, sometimes a lot nervous. I was a lot nervous this morning. I'm going to be a lot nervous tonight. Yeah, I don't know why. It seems very natural for you. Well, it it, once it starts going, but you know, like the 10 minutes before, like I'm already 10 minutes before you come on, I'm already, I'm already doing the show. Got it. I also, so like live, that's different. I don't do a live podcast, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, someone told me, one of my close friends, uh, SEAL Team 6 guy, told me I'm a pussy for not doing it live. And I was like, okay, motherfucker. And so ever since then, I've been like, okay, I'm doing them all live. Yeah. Bill, if there's ever anything I can do for you, let me know. Because you just helped me get one step closer to my 500th show. So I owe you something. Yeah, just pay me money. That's all. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Anything else, just money. Give me the money. Um. Do you, do you know what you're going to do next? Do you know what? Do you know where where can people like see your 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 newest enterprise? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'll be doing shows in Austin at the Laugh Factory and stuff. Uh, 
like I have this Netflix thing I'm going to be doing. Hopefully more stuff is coming out. I have, um, I have a movie that I shot with Riz Ahmed. Who's fucking incredible. Who's just nominated for best actor. Um, uh, what, what's the name of the movie? It's called encounter. It's kind of crazy how many movies and TV shows and you've been in. Like when I looked at your reel, I'm like, Holy fuck. Yeah. I've done a lot. Nobody knew who to hard part, but you know, you need to do that one thing. That's a fucking massive hit to kind of like push you over the edge. And then it's just like, whoosh. but I've done a lot of things that were supposed to be hits. And they weren't. So there's that, but, um, you weren't on game of Thrones. No, exactly. Or girls or like, certain shows that are like industry darlings. That if you're on all of a sudden, like, the doors open. But if you're like a guest star on SVU, which is an amazing show, it's not going to be the thing that's going to propel your career, really. It's just going to get you insurance. You know, someone just gave us $5. Sorry. Sorry. That's a lie. Someone just gave me $5. $250, bitch. <laughs> I, have my, I have my wife Venmo you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go check out Bill Dawes. You guys, thanks for everyone tuning in uh, early morning. Uh, make sure you check out tonight's show with Alexander Volkanovsky. This is the biggest day in the history yeah. of the Sevon. He's the he's the man. Podcast. He is the man. Yeah. And right. bam, we're not live. Awesome, dude. Show 162 in the in the bag. Nice man. Congrats, bro. Thank you. Well, thank done. you, thank you. I I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for coming on and give me an hour and 48 minutes of your life. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. And I have your phone number so I can bug you whenever I want. Please do. I'd love it. Okay. Peace and love. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.